The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Hemke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Conversion month continues, Chris. Dude, last week was awesome. I just shout out to all the listeners. This month has been a lot of fun. There's Absolutely. been a lot of really good feedback. Uh, the downloads, everything, it's been growing. Yeah. A lot of good, good feedback. Durberb was a huge hit on yeah. Facebook. A ton of guys out there really interested in the idea. Uh, a few haters in the crowd, uh, but that's okay. They can go back and listen to the Diesel Conversion Specialist episode from the beginning of the month. That will have more about putting a Cummins into whatever vehicle you want. I mean, why would you put a Duramax in a Suburban and call it a Duraburb? I don't know. Right. This makes sense. <laughs> uh, but a lot of good stuff out there, guys. Definitely go to Facebook, go to YouTube, rate and review us. We really appreciate that. It helps out the show quite a bit. Uh, this week from Facebook, Sean Peterson shent, sent us in a message. What did he shent us? <laughs> Sean said, I have a few questions on what you recommend for a 2007 6.7 Cummins. 180,000 miles on it, DPF and EGR deleted, add 110,000 miles with a Minimax tuner. Pretty sure it shit the head gaskets and want to know what we would recommend to do it upright. Chris, I really thought this is kind of your wheelhouse here. Now, obviously, if you had head gaskets go, you're going to stud them when you put the head gaskets back on. That's pretty standard there. Yeah. Um, depending on what else is done, I'll run through the basics. One, we got to get to some custom tuning. Uh, MM3, EFI Live, whatever your flavor is there, you're good to go. But you definitely want to get away from that box programmer. Number two, you need a trans under it if you're going to make any power. So stock trans is only going to get you an unreliable 400, 440 horsepower. Um, to go above that, you really need a built transmission. A lot of great options out there. What else would you throw into this, Chris? I'd say go back a little bit more into detail regarding the tuning that he has. You know, um, uh, the Minimax, along the lines of some other programmers on the market, um, they they run a little ag aggressive in some of the segments in the PCM. Uh, the trucks tend to run a little warmer, and generally those are uh, results of a pop head gasket. Um, so going with, uh, it's not just EFI Live or an MM3 tuner. Again, you want to deal with someone who builds a quality calibration that it has efficiency and reliability in mind. Um, but you have the head gone through fresh head gasket, uh, studded, and, uh, you know, some quality tunes. And, I mean, tr trucks should last a few hundred thousand miles as long as he takes care of it. Yeah. Um, at the power level he's at, that's pretty much everything in a nutshell. If you want to grow in power, well, of course, a transmission, uh, max out what the factory turbocharger would be capable of offering, add a lift pump into the mix, maybe upgrade a turbo. So it'd really fall back on what his end power goal is and how he uses the truck. Pretty standard. Absolutely correct. Uh, the great thing, guys, anytime you want to shoot us a message on our Facebook page, we really appreciate it. We'll try to read your comments here on the show so you can actually hear us talk about them. Um, in the future, yeah, please throw in what your power goal is and what you already have done to the truck. Gives us a lot better idea. Sean, don't worry. I'll be sending you a follow-up private message. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about your truck. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just wanted to bring up, it was kind of weird. So, you know, over at Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power, we get a lot of inquiries about what's next, right? Yep. Uh, bought the truck, have miles on it, want to throw a tuner on there. You know, that's pretty much a staple. But what's after that? So, you know, LMLs are a big topic of discussion over at the shop. And, uh, you know, just kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit more. Um, it's very common. Take a bone stock truck, throw a tune, boom, easily 100 horsepower, talking high fours, maybe even that 500 horse realm. Um, 
what do you do after that? You know, a lift pump is always a, a solid, solid investment. Um, it's going to help provide fuel to the high pressure fuel system, but it also offers a better filtration uh, side of things as well. Um, not saying that it's going to prevent failures of your CP4 and your injector, but it, again, it's an insurance policy. It's a cheap one at that. Yeah, I would say a lot a lot better chances of not having a failure. You may not be able to say 100% you'll never have an issue, no, no. but As you have a lot up, better yeah. chance of not having an issue. You know, and I think that that's one of the loopholes is a lot of guys talk about, you know, doing like a CP3 conversion and things like that. Uh, we have a lot of customers. I've dealt with a lot of guys who have done just a lift pump and they've gotten a fairly long life expectancy out of a pump. Absolutely. Um, that gets them to 520 horsepower. Yeah. What about the guy going for 620? Oh, man, it's a little different than the older platforms. That's kind of what I wanted to dive into. On the older trucks, you could throw a turbo on there and get to that, you know, maybe 600 number. The LMLs, they, they come in with a punch all at once. So it's, uh, you know, the lift pump, of course. Um, then you have to address the CP4, whether you do like a, a dual fueler setup or go with a, a stroker CP4 pump, you need to get the fuel quantity there. You need more fuel. Um, from there, you would max out what the transmission is capable of along with the turbocharger. So there are guys that push the stock transmissions, and they do last depending on how they're used. Um, but the transmission and turbocharger are also going to have to be addressed, and we can get into that healthy 600 plus to the rear tire. Um, over at Duramax Tuner, we've done several trucks, fully emissions equipped, you know, dual fueler setup or a 10 millimeter CP4 pump, lift pump, a Stell 64 turbocharger and a transmission, and you could sit at a healthy 620 to the rear tire. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money, but at the same time, I mean, these things are nice. They're all drop-in replacement parts. There's no customizing of anything else. It's a done deal. Yeah. Yeah, that really is a, a home run, and it's pretty similar to what we have on our uh, DT Clean Sweep over at I mean, Duramax Tuner. Carbon copy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. That truck's killing it in the sled pulls and the work stock class. I mean, competing with some real heavy hitters in our area. Um, still fully emissions equipped, you know, goes through regens to and from, you know, I mean, it, it does really well. <laughs> Absolutely. On the street, in the dirt, that thing's a lot of fun to drive. Absolutely. Um, I would say for some of the guys out there, we just want to be honest, you know, we know a lot of you guys are already deleted. Right. Uh, if you're already deleted, some of the other options you can consider is like from one of our sponsors, WC Fab, you could jump into their LML Air Bundle. Uh, which really kind of includes everything you're going to need. So the high flow intake bundle package is what they call it. Uh, that includes everything. So all of your intercooler pipes, uh, Y bridge, the whole works. It, it's really a complete package for those of you that are already deleted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, kind of working off of that, um, you know, what are some of the other components that they offer? Yeah, so some of the other components that are in there, you're going to get the... Um, Oh, man. So the high flow, three inch intercooler piping, the Y bridge, you're going to get the high quality silicone boots. Uh, you also can get that custom paint we've talked about a few yeah. times. Uh, Ryan Worley was here and he oh had that, that gloss black, black with, with the gold, gold flake. Oh, man, it that was... thing, you pop the hood, it shined. But then when the sun hit it, oh, my God, it was incredible. Absolutely. That was definitely a, an eye catcher, something that I think would really grab anybody's attention as they looked under the hood. So that's a home run there. And then, obviously, if you want to go up in power from there, you've already done the mods that Chris has talked about. It's a great time to start thinking about your injection system. Yeah, and I mean, what better company to work with than Exergy on something like that? They're definitely well-known in the industry as being one of the top tier when it comes to modified injectors. 
maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you need to do a somewhat of a, like a stock replacement or something like that. Exergy also offers their sportsman injectors. Uh, you're talking roughly a 10% increase in flow, um, not just LML specific. They have them for 01 to 2010 Duramax, as well as 03 to 2012 6.7 Rams uh, Cummins. Yeah, great um, level one upgrade with those. Absolutely. You know, if you're looking for just that first little bit to get a little bit more, mm-hmm. if you have to replace the stock ones, why not? Yeah, I mean, they offer a a pretty tight tolerance. They're tighter than what Bosch's limitations are. They're within 4% tolerance. Yeah. So, you know, you're getting some a quality part pretty much off the shelf from Exergy. Drop them into the truck. No retune necessary. Um, they're using genuine Bosch parts, guys. You can't really beat that. You're going it's, right back to the source. Literally as legit as it gets. Absolutely. Speaking of Exergy, I know today's guest has used Exergy more than once, uh, actually in all three builds that we'll be discussing today. <laughs> Nick, welcome back to the show. How the hell are you? Hey, guys. I love Exergy. <laughs> <laughs> he said that with a smile. Yeah. And Whirly. I mean, those guys yeah. have been a part of uh, pretty much every build that I've been through and... Uh, both great companies to work with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Big shout out to those guys for being sponsors of the show. Nick, you literally do have their parts in all three of the builds we're going to talk about today with you. It's really important to focus on consistency, especially when you're building a street truck. Uh, the, the trucks, I mean, you guys have been around me long enough, but for those who don't listen, I mean, I, I really take my builds very seriously. Uh, performance, not just on the track, but also on the street. Um, I don't want hazy, poor drivability, uh, a, I won't be seen in it, so I'm not going to drive it. So that means I want injectors that have good tolerance, so that I don't get a I don't get a haze going down the street that's unnecessary. Uh, that means piping kits with good seals, good flanges, good clamps, um, stuff that's fabbed right, fabbed in the USA, doesn't leak. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's really important to pick the best in the industry, work with them, build the relationship, and that's what we've done with our vendors, not just Exergy and Worley, but uh, you know over the past ten years I've been in business. Those relationships with the vendors have continued to grow, continue to understand each other's expectations, and uh, the products just keep getting better in this marketplace. That's yeah. awesome, man. I want to I want to note I've seen where you've had a truck where there's been like an issue trying to work out. You'll leave the truck. You won't drive it. You'll leave it at the <laughs> shop. Like yeah, I'll take something else. I'm, I'm not going to be seen in that. I'll leave it. It's all, it's on my mind the whole drive home. <laughs> my wife wonders what's going on at dinner time. I, it's. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a blessing and a curse, man. You know, it's uh, you got to fix it. You got to get it right. <laughs> got to get it yeah. right. Most of the time, when we have a guest on the show, we ask them, "How did you get started in diesel performance?" We've already asked him that. We're gonna we're gonna switch it up. We also asked him, "What is your dream build?" Right. So we already know that. We already know that. So we're we're gonna go a different route here, Paul. What is the future of diesel performance? Where do you see that? What is the future of diesel performance? Um, I'm really excited to continue to push the envelope in the emissions equip market. Um, you guys were talking about modifying LMLs. Uh, Worley has recently put together 10 uh, emissions equipped twin turbo kits for me on an exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a beta truck. It's got 30,000 miles on it now. Not one lick of an issue with it. Uh, long regen life. It's it's amazing. Uh, really runs great. Really excited for that. Um, of course, the L5P, <laughs> right? So what, the new, what, is, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to talk about the L5P because I don't want any questions about it, really. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's going to be a really promising platform once we get into it. Next week. Uh, yeah, recently <laughs> recently bought one of Banks' military spec engines. Uh, I'm so excited to 
run that standalone in whatever the next swap brings. Mike, our drop. listeners, our listeners can't see Chris's jaw on the floor right now. Yeah. I actually, I, I found out about this one a little bit early. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's coming. I mean, banger. First five minutes of the interview, like, geez, man. LML yeah. Twin Kits, yeah. that's real again. Yeah. We haven't talked about LML Twin Kits no. on a missions equipped platform since 2013. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, we 2013, we talked about a little bit with Rosenberg's truck. Uh, we pushed a little too far on Matt's truck. Worley's truck, I think we got it just perfect. 620 horsepower. The thing is just mint. It's a treat to drive. Uh, the kits are right, right out there. They're right outside this room on a photo booth, and they're, the pictures are taken. It's going to be in a marketing campaign upcoming, right, Paul? Yep. Um, but it's a beautiful kit, well done, stainless steel, um, where we haven't traditionally used stainless steel. Um, all really tight packaging, nice tolerances. Uh, very excited for that kit to it's go f- live on some customers' trucks. Seeing the you know Jason's truck, seeing Matt's truck when it was here, it's a, a factory finished product. I feel like you pop the hood, it's like, did this come from GM this way? Like it. it it's one of those ones where I'm really proud to show off. Absolutely, the yep. absolutely. Well, yep. I'll tell you what, Jason's truck is still my all time favorite vehicle I've ever <laughs> driven. I mean, honestly, because it, it was here when it first got the twin kit on, and Bob was dialing in the tuning, and so all the sales guys got to go out and yep. uh, take it for a ride. And I mean, I beat the fucking piss out of that thing. I stomped that throttle harder than I could ever kick something. I mean, just, I yeah. gave it everything. And I'm watching the soot counter and I just keep expecting it to be like, do, 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 Traditional. Yeah. yeah no. Um, I want to say 15 minutes of the hardest driving I've done. And I mean, corners, stop and go, roll ons. Just being stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Could yep. not. I think I picked up one gram of soot in 15 minutes. I mean, that was uh, that was Bob when we're tuning the regen. You know, I'm like, go out and get it to a point where it wants to regen, so we can make sure it goes through the regen cycle because we had some surging issues and whatnot. Um, he's gone for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to work today too. You know, uh, he's like, I can't get it to. I can't get it to collect soot. It's just so slow at collecting soot. So he just had to, you know, beat the piss out of it for half the day to get it to go into regen. Uh, so really a treat on that one. Um, the, I'm excited to eventually do the same thing on the twin turbo Ram. You guys know, um, I mean, I did a vlog not too long ago. We have a 2015 Ram. It has a twin kit on it from ATS right now. Um, I'm in that, you know, drive it all day and then park it before I go home uh, <laughs> because there's some bugs. It's testing me. You know? It's exactly. testing me. I'm going to get it though. I'm going to get it. I, I, <laughs> you guys, when I got that text from you to come down here for the podcast, I was like, uh, I had, an, I was in the middle of an aha moment and I was, I was getting that tune, you know, trying to get it onto the device and uh, like, ah, I should probably take a break, come down and talk to those guys. Cool. Well, we well, appreciate, we appreciate that. it. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a whole fleet of shit to talk about yeah. today. You know, everybody else we've had on, it was either about like a big topic, like diesel conversion right. specialist, or obviously with Ryan or with Eric, it was kind of about a very specific build. Nick, you have three specific builds that we want to go through we today. We literally have everything covered for years. I mean, <laughs> the only thing that these swaps have in common is the engines, the base of the engine for the most part, right? Yeah. So um, let's kick it off. Uh, the Apache, which is... Pro- I don't know that I have a favorite. It's probably my favorite. It's my favorite to look at, if that's a oh, thing. Oh, for it sure. Is, for sure. It, it's one of the I, – I still catch myself turning around as I walk away from it. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I still have that, that romance with the Apache. Um, beautiful truck, amazing truck, well done, great stance. I mean, if you haven't seen it, look for some pictures. Uh, LB7, built motor, re- started out with a ZF6, <laughs> now has an Allison 5-speed, um, short in the frame, Put a 1958 Apache 
running, you know, uh, body on it. And uh, the the frame is, I mean, it's all beef. It's, it's got 24-bolt <laughs> Humvee wheels on it. It's got, uh, you know, the heavy-duty axles, locker, electric locker in the front, um, four-link and leaf springs. It, it looks the part. It's mm-hmm. It's it, nasty. It, it is the toughest-looking truck I've yeah. seen. I, I mean, that's— Yeah, people don't know what to think when they see no. it. They're not used to seeing a truck that old look that mean. And, well, and clean. I, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, is like one of the Ryan's really cool, unique points was the patina. Right. I mean, right? And that's a truck where pictures don't do it justice. And yeah. one of the things I want to point out with the Apache is, guys, everyone in some— shape or form is an enthusiast you know they see these photos of vehicles on in the magazines or online and they're like oh that looks clean and you get to see it in person and it's like man the photos just kind of churched polished a turd you know the apache is one of those vehicles uh, you have to see it in person the perfection the paint the swap the wiring the four link just the whole nine yards it is literally perfection it's also it's one of those cool trucks that has this awesome backstory to it like the guy that we got the apache from yeah owned it since it was new he bought it brand new unreal uh probably one of the coolest guys i've ever talked to on a craigslist deal (laughs) (laughs) thinking no that is for sure the coolest guy i've ever talked to on a craigslist deal (laughs) um no, he, he was so forthcoming about everything. We bought it sight unseen, mm-hmm. right? Found it. Nick Northern found Minnesota. it on Craigslist. Yeah. was like, get it. That's the one. <laughs> I'm committed. Let's do it. Beautiful teal paint. The, the original plan The original plan for this build started actually before I even started at Duramax Tuner. You guys, the, the story here was you guys were going to do a fleet side, not a step side. That wasn't going to be a step side. No, it was going to be a fleet side. Uh, we were going to do a work stock truck. And I was like, there's 30 work stock trucks in the class. We need to do something that sets the truck apart when you pull up. You know, and a clean O2, you're not set apart. Right. You know what I mean? You, sure, it's a clean truck. So it's like, we, you know, we could do a swap. And then it's like, if I'm going to do a swap, what's the coolest What's the coolest body style Chevy truck? And, and the 58, 59 is it for me. You know, that's that's it. Everybody's got their, got their year. Some guys like the 67. Some guys like the 87, whatever. You know, you got your thing. But the, uh, the 58, 59, man, it's really tough to beat the look of that truck. Yeah. It's unique, you know. It's it's bubbly, uh, yeah. <laughs> all the way through. It is. It's, right. it's got these round curves. It's got these just amazing body lines. Mm-hmm. They did not quite fit the truck you were putting them on. To be like. <laughs> no, no, we had to. Uh, oh, Brett Keel, a good friend of mine, uh, body guy on several several builds that I've been through now. Um, <laughs> he had his work cut out for him, man. I mean, he had to uh, he had to section the frame, shorten the frame up for me, and then he also painted. The, I say painted. Really replaced. 80% of the panels on the truck <laughs> all the all the fenders were replaced the two front fenders were sectioned and two inches was added into the front fenders to accommodate the 35 inch tires uh, r- really the only thing that stayed was the cab uh, I think we got a new hood as well uh, a lot of work just in getting those old panels to fit and getting those old panels finished up and and uh, and smoothed out uh, Cole Barcher the paint guy over there did an amazing job on the paint Yeah, it's still I mean it's been together for three years now and still looks looks cherry man and it, it's been down the sled track it's been down the dirt track it's it gets used it gets driven people lose their mind when they see a oh, sled yeah. pulling how could you ruin a paint job oh, like every that time you pull that thing in somewhere yeah like, uh, are you sure you want to run that tonight well like three years ago we took it to xdp's open house and there were people like they were like leaning over and they're like i don't want to get too close to it like that paint job that paint job and i'm like we take it down the track rocks kick up and hit it like yeah. it, it's okay i mean don't get your zipper all over it but you can you can look at the truck 
Yeah, it is. And then even on the interior, um, I got a bunch of guys who have done swaps, and I, I always cringe when I hear them say something like, well, I cut the dash out of the donor. <laughs> yeah. And I just my whole body yeah. just flexes. Um, yeah. yeah. How, how did you do it right? Well, I, I, I was really... I'm really, uh, I need the data, right? So as we're sled pulling, as we're drag racing, as we're using the truck or testing turbos, which is really what the truck gets used for more than anything is turbo testing. Um, as we're testing turbos, I need to have the data. And so you need to have a good data collection and a clean wiring setup. And like you said, the truck's wired cleanly. Um, Owen did a really nice job wiring the truck and vineyard. Um, it's got Fleece's data logger on it. So it's got uh, two extra temps and uh, for charge air and then it also has an egt and then it has exhaust drive pressure and boost pressure so we got really good turbocharger analytics out of it uh, but but if you open the driver's door and you climb in the cab you wouldn't know it no the only suspicious thing i would say is that there's an obd2 port stuffed up under the dash um, but you kind of have to look for it there's no extra gauges in the truck that were that weren't their stock uh, the truck literally looks stock if you open the door and climb in, it's, it has the stock seat in it. Uh, it's, it's one part of the tr- – probably the only part of the truck that didn't get refinished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has the stock seat in it. Uh, we did the rubberized uh, – the rhino lining on the floor just to kind of keep it from, from getting beat up too bad. But the dashboard's painted the same color as the truck. Um, there's no edge CTS. There's no extra gauges. There's – it just looks like a 58. Yeah. It, it's also the only truck in all of our fleets that ha- doesn't have an Edge Insight CTS or an in-dash monitor yeah. of some kind. I mean, or... I really like to see what's going on, but I also really enjoy the simplicity of that truck. Mm-hmm. So it was a tough call, but no Edge Insight. Now, you know, <laughs> conversions, they generally take time. What was the timeline on a project like that? Six weeks was the plan, if I remember correctly, Nick, from all that time ago. Six weeks was – no, I'm sorry. Six <laughs> weeks was the plan time, and we planned to market it for 12 to, yeah. So that way we would have extra. I remember times all the videos originally. In case I remember watching took those longer. back then. Time, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I think we bought it in like in the fall, and then uh, we were going to have it ready for June that year. Missed June, missed the next June. Got it ready at the end of the second year. I think it was like actually running and rolling. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I would say three years. It was. I would say three years to have it done. I mean, and it wasn't something that was being worked on day in, day out. No, you know, not but... at all. And, and guys who own shops, will, you know, right. you fit Absolutely. it in as you have time. Absolutely. Um, it's a, it's a, something you do on the side. And uh, inevitably, once you pick up a project like that, you don't have time to work on it on the side. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Up, end up fitting it in. But it is, it is damn near there right now. I mean, maybe a couple little pieces of trim that I'd like to add still and the air conditioning I'd like to hook up. But the truck's fun as hell to drive right now. I have a, I have a, I have a lot of fun with it. Speaking of fun to drive, it went from a ZF6 to an Allison 5-speed. Best decision I ever made. Um, I actually – so I got I got to go to a, a tractor show in Peoria one time where this truck – somebody else had already brought it down and put it down mm-hmm. on the floor. And our booth was like on this floating floor on a hockey rink basically is, is like that's okay. what the facility was for. And so they put this floating floor on it and, you know, all the booths are down there and the truck is parked. It's been there for three days when I show up and – the guys show up with the trailer and they're like, hey, you want to drive that thing out? And I get in it and I fire it up and I go to let the clutch out and it jumps 10 feet on me and the whole floor in the entire place shifts like six inches because all the panels are connected. Right, right. So like everybody's floor shifted six inches. And I uh, 
I just ease that clutch out and uh, let her go back into neutral and shut off. And it's like, yeah, you need he, one of you assholes needs to come get this. I'm not doing it. Guys, just want to point out, he eased out a triple disc. <laughs> eased, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the air quotes like listeners can see me eased. Yeah, there's just no way to do it. No, it was it was rough. Not only was, was like the clutch tough. But the positioning on the pedal was just insane. I mean, the yeah. wheel on that thing, yeah. Chris yeah. and I were talking about the Scottsdale wheel, feels like it's huge. Yep. It's tiny compared to the Apache. Yeah, the Apache wheel is, it makes steering really fun. It's easy, right? Yeah. It's a huge steering wheel. I mean, people were smaller back then. So there's less <laughs> room in the cab, the steering wheel's bigger, and then you try and stuff a clutch in a six speed, and you got a triple disc, and it's just. Too much. Great idea in concept, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a stick shift. Yeah, just like it was. Like, <laughs> no, I put a low car shifter on the Allison. It looks like a stick shift. It goes like hell. Uh, it's so much more fun. Yeah, it's it's much more practical now. For sure. Um, you had mentioned initially it was built for sled pulling. Now it's mostly used for turbo testing. Do we have like a future purpose for this truck? Uh Two weeks, a week ago, I took it to the dirt drags. That was a riot, man. I had a lot of fun. Uh, field of 36 trucks, got the win. It was a stock class, but the truck has a stock appearing turbo. I think it 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 might be its niche. I don't know. It found its purpose. That's, a, that's its literally purpose. what I said when they told me. It was just a, sh- it was a fucking ride, man. Um, aside from not having a seatbelt, I'd probably have to put a little roll bar in it in the seatbelt. But, uh, yeah, put a helmet on, boost it up to 30 pounds, and let her rip, and it was it was fun as hell. That's the setup, man. Yeah. That's it. If you were figuring out what to do to be better at dirt drags, it's IED run flats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the locker didn't hurt. <laughs> but, yeah, it's easy to switch turbos on it. It's already got a lot of uh, data acquisition stuff on it, and it's a built motor. So it, it makes sense to, you know, if we're going to flog something on the dyno, might as well beat the Apache up. I love it. Uh, there's a few other unique components in there. Walk us through what else is in that build. Uh, it's got an air-to-water intercooler. Which uh, looks awesome. Yeah, 12-gallon uh, ice water set up on it. So there's there's really no room on that truck for an air-to-air intercooler. I mean, I'm sure somebody could figure it out, but it's just a lot of fabbing and whatever. So I uh, put the air-to-water intercooler on it. Um, trying to think what else. You have that goofy little radiator in there. Is that the stock radiator? I, that's funny you ask, Paul. I was tr- I was really trying to go for as much like if you could keep it stock 58, keep it stock 58. I know it seems stupid, right? Put an aluminum radiator in it, whatever. But you pop the hood and you see the old style radiator. It, it's kind of nostalgic for me, so I like <laughs> it. So don't judge me. Um, but it, it is the stock style radiator. It is a bigger four core um, brass radiator it's very long because there's extra room top to bottom i think it's six inches longer or taller yeah um but it it does get hotter quicker it does not get rid of the heat as as quick as a stock d-max does <laughs> right right i might not throw something on the hitch and try to tow with that, right. that i rig. would i would not advise towing with the truck <laughs> no okay um apache max wrapped love that truck that's yeah. that's probably the favorite but we had Eric on last week, yeah. and he mentioned how much love he has for you and working with you. And he happened to reference the Duraburb a few times that we have up here. Not only just referenced it, but he also referenced that, to his knowledge, it is the highest horsepowered conversion that he's ever done. It, it's, I think his exact quote, and, and I'm sure a listener will help us out here, but I think the exact quote is the fastest Duraburb in the world. 
I would go as far as to say it might be the fastest suburban in the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Some, some I'm just going to say some, somebody, find the, somebody find me the fastest suburban and tell me I'm wrong, right? But I And then we'll go to the track. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think it, it's definitely the fastest Duraburb. Uh, it's nasty, man. It's it's so f- so fucking stupid. <laughs> like the, the way that thing chows the tires on the 4 or 5 upshift and like just it it <laughs> The front end comes up like so hard in fourth and fifth gear. I mean, I you know. I mean, it cut the fourth and gear just as it's coming up in boost. As, yeah. as the the Valley Charger, the Stealth kind of feeds into the 488 and it comes into power. No suburban, <laughs> no suburban <laughs> needs to move like that. Yeah. No, it's it's a it's handful. Gnarly. It's and it sticks pretty well. I mean, it yeah. really sticks to the road pretty well. Um, it's it's not too tough to drive. I mean, no, it's, oh no. It, it's pretty well mannered. Um, I took it on a trip. Earlier this year, eight hours each way to Kentucky to Bowling Green. Um, ran good. Car seats in back. Car seats in back. Wife in back. Or wife in, in the shotgun. <laughs> uh, all the camping gear back there. I mean, the Suburban's the best utility vehicle ever. I've always owned Suburbans. Um, ever since high school, I've always had a Suburban. Gotta love them. Can't beat a Suburban. No. You really. And 1,000 horsepower. I mean, it, it really, this is. Yeah, that's. I mean, backstory, right? Like in college, I had an '87 Suburban that I put a Wyand 144 supercharger on. And that was the fastest of its time. <laughs> in a cam and whatever, right? So like, no one was ever going to get in my way having the fastest Suburban in town. You were just <laughs> looking around at a pile of cash and like, how could I burn this? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just no rhyme or reason. Uh, worst mileage out of any vehicle I've ever owned. But uh, yeah. Love those Suburbans. Okay. Walk me through engine and trans. What do we got done there? So this thing, this the goal behind this Suburban was to kind of push the state of the art. Um, we had been doing a lot of stocker S480 kits, stocker um, 475 kits, uh, what I would call the, the standard 800 horsepower build, 60% injectors, 10 millimeter pump, stocker twin kit, um, and a built motor. And this engine is a, you know, built long block. Um Valve springs, rods, pistons, girdle, all that fun stuff. Built transmissions, got billet shafts in it. It's to the nines. Um, the turbocharging on it's kind of where it gets fun. It's got our Stealth 64 in the valley and then an S488, which is a little bit bigger than we're used to, right? The 484 was kind of the state of the art for a few years, but Borg Warner came out with the 488 SXE, which is definitely a bad bitch definitely the sxe (laughs) Uh, (laughs) recommend that guy um the stealth 64 again higher flowing turbine you know all this all the parts we're working on in-house got to use those parts got to show what they can do um exergy you know we had been using the 60 percent injector and the 100 percent injector on the bigger stuff so i kind of wanted a a truck that i was going to be forced to tune on uh, by daily driving it that had bigger than 100 over injectors so i could see just how far we could push the drivability envelope on 150% injectors. Uh, so the truck has 150s in it. it. runs a pretty tame fuel rate to make that 1,070 horsepower. Um, and then it's got their 12-millimeter pump as well, which was fresh for the build, 14 mil. You know, shit, I forgot about that. That was, that was, that the, was the first 14. 14. Yeah, because yeah, we were not sure if the 12 was going to get there. <laughs> the 14, yes. I remember looking at the logs now. The, yeah, not even close to running out of fuel at 1,050 horsepower with one pump. Which also kind of simplifies the underhood. You know, I'm all about that simplicity. The twin kit's nice and like has its function, but a dual fueler, it's kind of they don't look nice under the hood. It's, in my it's cluttered. It's cluttered. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's nice to have components. the one pump on it. 
Um, Jim Rennan talked me into the hostile wheels. Maybe a little too much for my personality, but yeah, yeah. you know they're they definitely on. don't fit. It looks yeah. good, but they look good. It looks you good know, on the truck. The they, they don't yeah. fit you, but they do fit the truck. They yeah. fit the truck. Yeah. Yep. I mean, those wheels, the presidential, as I call it, man, hand in hand, yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> Should have seen the look on my wife's face when she saw the word "hostile" written on the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> like three weeks after you've already bought them and mm-hmm. put them on, I take it. And yeah. she's against tint, win, uh, tinted windows, and it's a black on black on black on black, <laughs> like dude, like, like the neighbors <laughs> think you're a Colombian. Yeah. Drug lord. If you were a thug, this is your vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh, the chance to call Nick a thug. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, this one didn't really have a lot of challenges, as I remember. I think the biggest challenge I remember when it came in was we decided we were going to put a built motor in it, built a motor, customer showed up and needed it, we sold it, built a motor, customer showed up and needed yeah. it, we sold it. And that happened like three or four times. At least. Yeah. So yeah. the, I remember walking customers through, like, we, we usually do a tour at Duramax yep. Tuner. If you come by, you know, we'll walk you around the facility and show you all the show cool stuff. Yep. And there used to be, which is now turbo manufacturing, that used to just be the storage bay. Yep. And it was pretty much long-term builds that had the motors out and the Duraburb. And you always had to explain, like, this is cool, I promise. But when there's a Duramax back in it, you can come back by the shop and I'll show you why it's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sat back there for almost for a year. Yeah. Yeah, it was back there for a year, wasn't it? Yeah. It doesn't seem like it now. Now it seems like it's been around forever. Yeah. 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 It's been up and running for a while now. Um, (laughs) It's a fun build. I would say it's the it gets the most attention online and like uh, in the in the race community in the in the performance community. One million views on the Duraburb video. Yeah. Uh, collectively, even more than that, if we measured uh, Facebook and YouTube, people yeah. go nuts for that thing. Yeah, I mean, take anything away from you, but you know, I drive a bunch of vehicles. You've let me lend a bunch of them to me over the years. Had my own, and uh, a couple weeks ago, you gave me the Suburban for the weekend. You're like, hey, take it, wash it. Hey, done deal. That's all I got to do. Fill it up. I'm at the yeah. gas station filling it up, and this kid's jaw drops. Like I've seen this. It's been in the magazines. I've seen it online. Like <laughs> he didn't even have a diesel. He had a car, and he was just like, <laughs> like he just saw Jay Leno yes, at the gas pump next yes. to him. He's like, this thing's a celebrity. Did you know yes. that? <laughs> it's, I think it is more of a celebrity than, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. than just, any of us. Yeah. Yes, like a kid on Christmas, man. Like he was just astonished. It was a cool feeling. The, I think. The, like we talk a lot about how when you get into a twin kit, we always say the same thing. It just feels like it pulls forever, mm-hmm. right? The LML twin kits, the this yeah. thing, it's awesome. But when you get into something this heavy looking or this big looking, where like anybody who's driven a Suburban knows they feel rolly, they oh, feel yeah. sluggish, you know, yeah. like, and then you, like I've been into a few tuned up gassers and uh, they're snappy, you know, like it's that gas, there's there's no lag, right? But a uh, thousand horsepower in the family car, is just there's nothing like I don't know how to put it into words. You know, it is like you said. It feels like the front end's coming up, yeah. even when you're on that four or five upshift, which yeah. is just insane. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The one thing too, you know, it's yeah, it makes power, right? And you have to get in it to make that you know reality, get it to go. But if you take it easy, the truck has incredible street manners. Yeah, it's like, very docile to drive. Yeah. I mean, it, I had no problem driving it down to Kentucky. It's very mild mannered. Um, good, good economy. I've let the know. wife drive it. She's, you know, yeah. besides from the look, she doesn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good mileage. I mean, that, that twin set is really, uh, it really helps in covering up the large injector. And Absolutely. maybe covering up's not the word for it, right? But it, it makes better a tuner's match. life easier. Yeah, it's a better match. It's good balance. Well, that's something I was going to ask about because I remember working here some years ago and Bob coming to me and being like, hey, man, if they got a street-driven truck, 
be shy on the 12 mil pumps because they're not the greatest on the street. And obviously over time and over R&D and more and more guys insisting, sure, I have a 12 mil, you have to tune it. Yep. Um, it seems like that 14 wasn't much of a challenge. Whereas in when it first came out, that that's what I thought is I thought, well, here's a competition only part. I'm going to sell six a year yeah. At, yeah. at best and that'll be it. But you're saying this is something somebody could incorporate on a... Absolutely. Yeah, I would not hesitate to sell somebody a 12 mil or a 14 mil pump. I mean, I think there's very few people who need a street-driven 14 mil pump just because, right? <laughs> uh, but a, a street-driven 12 mil pump, like, there's uh, no reason not to. In fact, I would push somebody into that before I would recommend a dual fueler just because the belt's different, the clutter in the engine bay, the colt, the squeak on startup, uh, just all the all the relics of dual fuelers that I've lived with over my life. Um, I'd, I'd rather have the factory style. It's the stealth of fuel pumps. I love that. Do you have a fish tuning dual fueler controller? That's all, that's all. Anytime somebody has a dual fueler, they call in for troubleshooting. That's literally my first question. Yep. We have a ton of controller issues on dual fuelers. It's just common. Yep. Uh, obviously, we're fans of virus stuff over yeah, there. Yeah, so use the fish. <laughs> use, use the, the fish. Yep. All right. Um, last build here for today. I know there's going to be more swaps in the future because I've been bugging you about a few that I want to see get done. But the Scottsdale, Chris and I have some some in-depth, intimate knowledge on the Scottsdale because we got to go out and do a video. You guys got to put video. some miles on the Scottsdale. Yeah. Um, you got to drive that one. That it, that truck caught my eye the first time I saw it in the back of Worley's lot uh, when Cody uh, <laughs> Cody Garbaz owned yeah. it. Um, I. I saw it back there, and I, it kind of just like made me sad. <laughs> well, it was really pathetic when you saw it, too. It, was an, like, it had, on like, blocks. four misshaped, you know, <laughs> the wrong wheels on it. I mean, it looked like somebody did a nice job on the body and then just left yeah. the fucker out to pasture. Well, he brought it there when he was working there at the time, and he brought it, and then he had a set of wheels, and then sold the wheels. Truck was sitting on blocks, and then yeah. scrummaged, you know, four wheels, and then used that. And, I mean, the thing... yeah. It was a basket case. Best for of intentions. Years. Yeah, it was Best a good-looking black Duramax, and that immediately got my attention. <laughs> um, and I, I just thought, you know, this is this is another one of those eye catchers. This is going to be like, there's no immediate ROI on this project, <laughs> and I know that, <laughs> but I still have to do it. So I, I had Chris M. Key pester him for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I had you call him and. Uh, See if we could unload it, and eventually he decided to let go of it. After it was sitting in his dad's barn for years collecting dust. Yep. yep. Once, so one of those was again. that probably another two years after seeing it in the back of Worley's place? Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, there's always a risk when you buy somebody else's swap project, right? I'm not going to say risk. Like, no, it's a, a risk. It's a yeah, risk. It you a might risk. be buying a giant pile of shit. It's a liability for sure. Um, and there was a lot of parts of that project that were, sorry, Cody, but you know it's true, uh, piles of shit right (laughs) (laughs) walk us through those piles of shit like what what obstacles were there uh i mean the body was mount the body the frame was off of pete shibby's rolled over sled pull truck right oh three the oh three escort right so i mean you knew that thing had just been beat that shit beat the shit Um, i mean the truck was rolled over yeah rolled it yeah doing a burnout rolled over like like a professional so you know there's some good karma left in that oh yeah Uh, (laughs) and then you got 16 or 17 year olds grafting a 85 body onto it so we used hockey pucks nick hockey pucks i mean there was like l brackets made out of three ace plate that were were not gusseted out of here like i mean we weren't professionals like this was done hold on you're saying we like you had your hands in this yeah you fucking jamoke (laughs) hey that's a little rude but no seriously (laughs) 
he had a he had access to a shop, and on the weekends we you know had some beers, and yeah. you know just... I mean you could tell it was like eighteen year old kids because yeah. like the parts like the stacks were done really nice. <laughs> That's a low blow, guys. Thanks, Nick. The stacks were cherry. Uh, the it was the dual stacks, wasn't it? Was it? Dual yeah. stacks, yes. like out of one box. The uh, badass. The fuel pump, like someone put some time in there. The trans cooler was you know like that was somebody's project. Rigged. Um, <laughs> but the engine and trans and wiring, you're just like, somebody else will figure this shit out. And uh, it's just kind of left, you know, it was, I think it was like Heather's old engine and like yeah, over, somebody yeah, else's yeah. trans. I don't know who the fuck's trans it was, but it never. That truck was supposed to make its debut at Shides 2012, just to throw it out there. So the, the truck <laughs> just started just running. Missed. It just <laughs> missed. Just, just missed. missed. <laughs> so. By half a decade. It finally started running right like three months ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Another swap, guys. Right, takes time. Right. So it took the engine out, took the trans out. Uh, I had DJ go through the en- or the trans just to make sure it was decent. Um, took the heads off the engine just to make sure. <laughs> I mean, I figured if it had been in that camp, it probably had blown head gaskets and probably had old injectors and whatever right. else, right? Like. I wasn't going to trust it. All of which was true. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was not in good shape. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, fresh, fresh head gaskets. You know, milled the heads. Just kind of cleaned it up. Uh, back together. Had a dual fueler kit laying around. I used a dual fueler kit. Shoot me. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> How to help somebody who doesn't follow their own advice? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Don't even bother. Don't bother. Well, uh, I I could use it. I can use this this turbocharger. It's lying around. You guys use parts that are just lying around. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, turbocharger wise, I mean that was the that was the point of the project, right? This this truck was gonna have a Stealth sixty four on it, and uh, it it's a great flagship for the Stealth sixty four G two. I ran the stock turbo on it, dynoed it, ran the Stealth sixty four G one on it, ran the Stealth sixty four G two on it. It was like this is it, this is it. Done. This is the turbo. Um, got the little bigger version on the Apache right now, but I'm I'm a big fan of these Stealth I High turbochargers. They, you know, drivability is huge for me. Throttle response, um, strong mid range towing ability. You know, they they kick ass, and that Scottsdale's no different. Um, things I didn't expect was that I I thought it was going to be heavier for some reason. Um, it's a very light truck. It's so light, almost oh, six. <laughs> it's, it's just a, sh- a shade over six thousand pounds, yeah. and it's got thirty fives on it. Uh, it it shreds the 35s. It scoots, man. <laughs> it turns. If you want to see like Chris and R's reaction, or yeah. Chris and my reaction, you can actually jump on YouTube, Diesel Performance Podcast yeah. YouTube page. Uh, we videoed some of our ride along. You can see how fucking shocked I am when we get in this thing and step on it. Like <laughs> and it is here, pure shock. The mammoth a turbocharger that Stealth G2 is in the engine bay. I mean, that is a loud motherfucker. I yeah. think I talked for half the ride along yeah. about how loud it is in the cab. That's the thing you don't realize when you get in the conversions is that there's a lot of soundproofing that goes into a heavy duty yeah. truck. Yeah. And once you put it in an Apache, which has zero soundproofing, or an 85, or I mean, you start to really hear everything. everything. <laughs> I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Scottsdale least favorite look out of all the trucks out of all the projects it is just not my cup of tea really driver wise top three no question yeah i'm not a big fan of that square body style you know that shit's that's like what my dad drove is a gas that body style when i was like 14 i'm like dad your truck's a piece of shit right like that thing's not cool you need something new or really really old it just it fell into that range for me where i was like not cool yeah i mean i can definitely but you drive it and that the that late, sentence is over. The late 80s, early 90s, uh, 
Everything was ugly. Era, yeah, they were, but Everything I don't know. I, I like first gen Dodges a lot, so the Scottsdale kind of fits that very boxy, simplistic yeah. body style. I love it. It's a it's a badass truck yeah. altogether. That truck was kind of like a. It was almost like a reflex build for me. Like I didn't put a lot of like <laughs> mental energy into it. It was just like I knew what I wanted, and that this is. I'm not gonna think about why this is stupid and cost too much money to do. Like I'm doing it. I'm gonna make a really nice 85, and it's gonna look great. And if you build it. They will. And, <laughs> and, like. and it still retains the 6.2 diesel badges. Have to, dude. Have to. I love That's when I'm at the, the pump part. and people are like, is that really a 6.2? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Pretty yep. much. Banks turbo on it. <laughs> Sold ton that year. Um, yep. It's leftovers. I mean, I, I always refer to that truck as leftovers. because that truck is leftovers. Everything on it yep. is literally as somebody else's leftovers. Yep. Like, yep. what a blast. Um. Okay. Out of the three conversions, which one's your favorite to drive? Oh, man. Depends where I'm going, but I, I will answer the question. Um, <laughs> if I'm driving from here to home, I would say the Apache. Is really? Probably, probably my favorite to drive. With that bouncy seat in it? It's cushy, Paul. It, it, it's cushy. Dude, it's springs. It's <laughs> They're literally, you can feel the springs. You can hear them crunch. The Apache driving is not about the seat. Okay. Right? Okay. It's, I. It, I've heard you talk about air-cooled seats. If I remember correctly on our Ultimate Tow Rig episode. Which is why I'm going to tell you that if I'm going longer, <laughs> I'm going to take the Suburban, right? you got to have air conditioning. you got to have air conditioning. None of my none of those trucks have air-cooled seats. Otherwise, they'd be top of the list. Right. Um, I, I would say once it gets to fall, the 85 will come back. It just gets hot in that truck. It does. It's black. It's We no cut AC. our video short because we were too fucking hot. It's hot, yeah. That has the uh, butterfly. Butterfly windows. Yeah, it's I mean, got those windows. That you can is use those. the original AC, Dude. son. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. I'm going to buy a first-gen again just for I'm going to go borrow Joey's, the guy in customer service. Do you service. think we could swap a first-gen door onto your, your uh, neon out there, Chris? <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, let's not talk. Chris doesn't yeah. really drive a neon. It's a Mazda. <laughs> um, <laughs> None of those are true. Can we all shame Chris on the comments section to buy another Ram? Please. Yes. You have been, if Nick, you want, you have been if you want Chris to buy butt. another Ram, just post in the comments, buy another Ram, Chris. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Don't be a bitch. Um, <laughs> Dude, you need to get off my ass about this. <laughs> all right. All right. We, we got to wrap up here, but I wanted to ask you a few things. Nick, we've been doing a ton on L5P media. Sure. Uh, you and I actually got to go out to Banks and meet Gail, which was awesome. fucking awesome. Yep. Um, there is no news, just to be clear, listeners, there is no news about tuning. Okay. Well, let's get let's get that out right away. Yeah, officially no news on tuning. <laughs> officially no news. <laughs> but like you had mentioned earlier, there is a engine coming in. Any ideas on what we're going to do with this thing? We got an L5P coming in from Banks. Uh, Worley has got my ear about a 1987 uh, that he's got together that's all like, you know, like Ryan Worley's truck, all powder coated, all all really nice stuff. Um, <laughs> like, are you putting this together to sell? He's like, yeah, but I'll probably keep it. <laughs> um, so it, it may coming. go in that truck. Um, I think we're going to probably do some turbo development on it just while we have it, maybe on the engine dyno. Um, you know, put some put some bigger compressor wheels in, kind of experiment with some turbocharger stuff, assuming we can get our hand on a couple, couple of VVTs. So... If you or your friends have any spare L5P variable vein turbochargers, <laughs> what a pitch! Please <laughs> also <laughs> have you post wrecked your comments. L5P lately? We can right, right. buy your turbo. Yes, not uh, a so good idea. So okay. we're talking another 87 square body. That's one. Potential. That's one potential, right? Um, any others? Yeah, I've I've had one other 
one other discussion with uh, Adam Pila, Pila Motorsports. Yes. Uh, he's got another customer, similar situation. I think it's a 1980, or maybe a maybe an earlier 70s. Truck. Off-road mud racer, 37 no, inch tires. Really nice. These guys don't pitch me on that. You stuff said because fucking they Adam know Pila. What I, like. I know the truth. They know what I, I'll we probably got... send it down there, and it'll end up in a mud truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, I, I really want to get on the dyno and, and, and mess with Banks ECU and, and the turbocharger and, uh, you know, start tinkering with the L5P until we can get in the ECM, the factory ECM. Gotcha. Um, really excited for that engine. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. That, I think that's going to be a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, videos from our visit out to Gale Banks coming out very soon. Yeah. Our producer will have those out hopefully in the next week or so. Yeah. So, guys, if you want to learn a little bit more about the L5P, if you're an L5P owner, we covered a ton of detail in those videos uh, Banks is, I don't think wealth of knowledge even does it justice. Um, it's like everything. It's like talking to an encyclopedia about shit you actually care about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good Chris, you've never really read an encyclopedia. No, you wouldn't get that, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not just talking, it's showing. I mean, the cool thing about our visit to Banks is he's got the head bench right there. He's got the LML head right there. He's got the L5P head. You can literally... Put the camera on both and show what the difference is in port design, what swirl looks like. Um, it, you have to see it, and and you will see it in the videos. I mean, it's really cool. We do a, it's a cool side-by-side on the head stuff, fuel pump, injectors. I mean, <laughs> every inch of that motor uh, gets dissected. Yeah, we broke it down, and I got to tour his facility and look at all of his cool shit, too, which was got a, a lot, lot of, of fun. really cool shit. It was. Yeah, like sometimes I think I have too many trucks, and then no. I'm at banks, and I'm like, eh. You yeah, don't even fill up one of his collection. one of his five buildings, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy trip. A big shout out to Gail Banks and the whole crew out there. Everybody who worked at Banks Power and Banks very professional, very clean, nice place. Could um, not ask for a nicer group of yeah. guys to show us around yeah. and help us out with that. All right, Nick. Any any advice for somebody looking to do a swap besides don't do it? Because I know you and you'd no, say I, something I think like you that. need to. <laughs> You, you need to manage your expectations. Um, <laughs> you need to understand the reasons for your swap, right? And the, and the reasons for your swap should be, I want to do something cool. I want to learn a lot. And I have extra time on my hands. Because if you have those three reasons, then absolutely you should get into doing a swap. So no one that I've talked to that's been Never. interested in a swap will do it then. No. Because usually it's I want better fuel efficiency. I want to save money. You're not going to save money doing something how about, like this. How about if you can click two of these three boxes, go forward? Right. If there's there's no ROI in a swap. No. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, if you can click two of those boxes, go forward. Uh, it, it's fun. It's fun. Do it. You know, uh, It's something you can look back on as an accomplishment. I tell you, there's a very... You know, you have some proud moments in life, right? Driving the Apache is a proud that's a proud thing for me. It's, I love uh, it. it's overcame a lot of adversity to get that project done. Um, I can understand the pride of a guy driving a Ranger with a 4BT in it. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's... What a great shout-out. That guy who showed up at our dino day with a Ford Ranger with a 4BT and the twin turbo. twin turbo. That thing was a, a badass swap, it, though. It pulled more attention than yep. anybody's 800-horsepower truck did. Yeah, do it. Make it yours. You know what I mean? Make sure that the swap is I'm pretty sure. You're doing. I'm pretty sure we had a superstar that year, made over 1,000 horsepower. No one gave a shit about that. They cared about the 150 horsepower still, yeah, twin still turbo Ranger. Still nobody cares about that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Poor JR. <laughs> you, dude, I didn't even name <laughs> We weren't even going to give his name out. Um, no, but yeah, JR made, made a little bit of power that day. All right. Now, you also have three swaps here that we're looking at. You built one from scratch. 
Yep. You bought one from somebody who did the swap portion of it professionally. Wow, this is really yeah, this really fits well, doesn't and it? And then yeah. you and then you bought one that somebody else had did some of it and then yeah. you finished it. Yeah. If you're going to do another swap, how do you go about it? <laughs> I look at a swap like a like an email you're writing to a prospective vendor or dealer, right? Like it's always easy to have you write it, Paul, and then have me critique it. Um, I, I'm a better critic than a, you know what I mean? Like it's, Cody's was nice. I found something I liked. It wasn't perfect and I knew that, but I, I could kind of gauge easily what was going to happen. The same with the Duraburb. Um, bought those pretty close to how, you know, I could see the finished product. Yeah. But the Apache, like, <laughs> holy shit, man. <laughs> like, I didn't even know what road I was on. I don't you know, like. The compass was broken for half the build. Pulling the body off and being like, oh, fuck, these flames are flat? Like level? All right. the way across, huh? They don't dip down yeah, at all. Yeah, that should have been a sign that I was in <laughs> over my head, right? Um, yeah, now, I, if you can find somebody else's abandoned project and you can see, you know, you can see it, and, and usually the price is pretty good on those. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. Because as I said, Scottsdale was the cheapest yeah, to, right. to finish. The, yeah. the Durburb. I, I don't know how you factor that. There like, was a point where the Durbur was going to be a good flip. Right, yeah. right. I mean, that, That's initially what it was. That yeah. is what it yeah. was. Um, yeah. And then the the Apache, I don't know that anybody wants to talk about a budget. We're not talking about or, money on Or the a timeline, right. Yeah, I mean. That was a passion. Yeah, honestly, but, let's but, not I mean, talk about was, it on the Suburban but, now either. <laughs> but, but, I mean, the Apache was a passion project. Absolutely. It, it, like you said, Absolutely. none of them had any practicality, right? right? Like, But it, it was pure passion that drove the Apache start to finish. Yep. And that's the only way I think you could get that project done. Because if the Scottsdale was going to take that long or cost that much, I feel like it would have just went to a compact or somewhere. Yeah, there was no way. It would have got parted out along the way. Yeah. Um, the Apache was, you know, 75% of the way through that thing, it was just like, oh, man, you're going to hit that trough. You're going to hit that <laughs> low point in the build where it's like you need momentum. And I think this is an important point, too. Make steps, make make milestones for yourself. It's not one project. It's a series of small projects. Break those small projects up. See if you can find something fun about those small projects dyno the engine, I don't know, port the heads, take them to have them flowed. Like, find little wins for yourself along the way because as a craftsman, you need that. You need yeah. those You need those wins to keep you keep you alive, keep the passion alive. If the build is, is fueled by passion, you're going to have to find a way to keep that alive. That's really well put. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're not going to fuck it up and say anything else. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you hold on to the very end of the show. Let's see what producer Rich thought was the funniest sentence in the episode producer today. Producer Rich. Yeah. That's all, that's all I refer to him now as. Oh, that's funny. Uh, for today, this has been Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. And Nick Pregnant. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. You can also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122.
wife's face when she saw the word hostel written on the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> like three weeks after you've already bought them and mm-hmm. put them on, I take it. And yeah. she's against tint, win, uh, tinted windows, and it's a black on black on black on black, <laughs> like two in place. Like the neighbors think you're a Colombian <laughs> Yeah, <drug laughs> if you were a thug, this is your vehicle. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh, the chance to call Nick a thug. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 